Welcome to the Empire Builders Podcast, teaching business owners the not-so-secret techniques that took famous businesses from mom-and-pop to major brands. Stephen Semple is a marketing consultant, story collector, and storyteller. I'm Stephen's sidekick and business partner, Dave Young. Before we get into today's episode, a word from our sponsor, which is, well, it's us. But we're highlighting ads we've written and produced for our clients. So here's one of those. Life looks different after you've stared death in the face. About a year ago, I shared how my doctor paled during a checkup and scheduled me for emergency surgery. We both thought I had only weeks to live. And you do business different when you've had to face your own mortality. Even more so when you're working only because you want to, not because you have to. I'm doing this for legacy, not money. I want to revolutionize the home service industries in Jacksonville to make your life better. I also want my employees to have the best careers of their lives to make their lives better. Basically, if I can't do it the right way, I don't want your money. We fix what others can't because we live and breathe our passion for our craft relentlessly. My guys are never sent out just to fix a problem. They're sent out to griffinize it, to make things work the way they're supposed to work in an ideal world. So if you hate half-ass as much as I do, call the people who care at GriffinService.com. CMC 1250697. Welcome back to the Empire Builders Podcast. I'm Dave Young, and Stephen Semple and I are talking about Nike today. Guess what their revenue was in their first year? In their first year? In their first oh, year. Oh, gosh. No idea. $8,000. $8,000. So he was a, a thousand heir by the time of that. He was a thousand heir. And then the next year was $20,000. It took them seven years to break a million bucks. Wow. Today, $40 billion in sales. And the company is worth $240 billion. And it took them that long to get to a million. The early days are a real struggle. So Nike was founded by... Phil Knight and Bill Bowerman on January 25th, 1964. And it was originally called Blue Ribbon. It was called Blue Ribbon until 1971 when it changed its name to Nike. And the name Nike came later and was inspired by the Greek goddess of victory. And Phil, when he was in university, this is a really, really interesting thing because where he first got the idea for doing shoes was when he was in university, he did a paper studying how Japan became mm. really big in the automotive industry. And he looked at that and he said, I can do that with shoes. Looked at another industry, looked at shoes, and he was a mm -hmm. runner, so he was familiar with the shoe business and said, I can do that with shoes. And he went to Japan. So he went to Japan and he started, first of all, as a distributor for a Japanese shoe manufacturer Atasuko Tiger. He built a business as just a distributor of these shoes. And this actually went on to become a bit of a source of ongoing tension because Phil and Bill were actually more than just distributors. They actually brought a lot of design changes, including one of the early design changes was this whole idea of this waffle sole. And that was really brought by Phil and his partner. Then one day they realized, because they were constantly having this struggle with the manufacturer, they wanted to have exclusive distribution rights, manufacturer wouldn't give them exclusive distribution rights, there was all of these issues. And one day they realized what they needed to do was deal direct 
with the consumer. They had to take over the destiny and not just be a distributor any longer. And that happened in 1971, and that's when they launched Nike. And that's when the swoosh first came on the scene, and that was trademarked in 1974. And it was also interesting. Early versions of the swoosh actually had the Nike name actually in the swoosh. It was a little bit different than what it is today. They did eventually remove the name. And in 1976, they opened their first retail store in Santa Monica. But here is the interesting thing. For a whole bunch of years, Phil was only working part-time for Nike. He was not their full-time employee. There was a whole bunch of full-time employees before he was full-time with Nike. He worked as an accountant for a whole bunch of years because he could not afford to pay himself. All the money was plowing back into the business and growing the business. And so for years, he worked as his accountant until he reached the stage where he said, you know, I can't do both and I need to be with Nike full time. And in 1976, they started doing some really interesting things because in 1976, they opened this retail store in Santa Monica and they also hired their first ad agency, which was John Brown and Parker, which created this campaign, No Finish Line Campaign. And this was a really innovative campaign because before that, all the campaigns showed the product, showed the shoes. This campaign did not show the shoes, right? It was all about the runner, didn't show the shoes. And by 1980, Nike became 50% of the shoe market. They needed to go public. And... It's really interesting. There's a great book, Phil Knight's autobiography called Shoe Dog. I highly recommend people read it. One of the things I love about the book is each chapter is a year. And one of the things is there were several times that they faced this question of going public and didn't want to do it because they didn't want to lose control of the business. But they finally reached a stage where they needed the capital injection because If there was any stumble or anything like that, they just wouldn't have been able to survive because of the speed they were growing at and things along that lines. They then go public, and in 1988, they debuted the Just Do It campaign. And the Smithsonian ranks that as one of the top five slogans of all time. And that was created by uh, Wyden and Kennedy. And here's the fun thing about that. So we talk about how Phil Knight looked at the auto industry and went, wow, we could do that in shoes. Well, the inspiration for the just do it slogan came from the last words of Gary Gilmore. And Gary Gilmore was being executed and said, let's do it. That was his final words. What are your final words? Let's do it. And that was the inspiration for the just do it campaign. So today Nike's doing 40 billion in sales and we were saying it's worth $240 billion. And today, you know, Phil Knight is still one of the largest shareholders and he's estimated to be worth over $50 billion today. And he went all of these years not making anything, right? First year, not bad for a part-time accountant, right? First year, 1,300 pairs of shoes sold, $8,000. The next year, $20,000. Started in 64, took to 1971, they broke a million. Took them seven years to break a million. Nine years after that, they're 50% of the shoe market in the United States. Of athletic shoes or the shoe market Um, I believe shoe market total. 
but probably athletic shoes. Actually, when I think of it, probably athletic shoes. Yeah. It's just amazing. Yeah. And the thing here that I always find interesting, and we hear this over and over again, and I heard a story recently from one of our friends, Brian Scudamore. So Brian, who owns 1-800-GOT-JUNK and is also, you know, self-made billionaire, you know, he's had an opportunity now to meet with other really successful billionaires. And what they all talk about is the first million is the hardest. It's easy to go from 100 million to a billion. It's easy to go from 10 million to 100 million. The first million Mm. dollars is the hardest. And it took Nike seven years to break that and then very quickly accelerated after that. And what drives me crazy is the number of times we'll get startups coming to us and almost always, almost always, and we've got actually a story coming up in the future that echoes this, almost always is, oh yeah, our first year we're going to do a million dollars. I am amazed the number of times I see that as the first year and the first million is the hardest, absolute hardest. It often takes many, many years to get to that million. And then things start to accelerate. Stay tuned. We're going to wrap up this story and tell you how to apply this lesson to your business right after this. Brought to you by the least full of shit marketers association of America. Yes, that's a low bar, but we clear it mightily. We're also the largest pay per performance branding group in North America. And that parts for reals. If you're looking for advertising advice geared towards local owner-operated companies, this is your podcast. And now you can pick the brains of these advertising geniuses over lunch without having to pay for lunch or even leave your office. We're talking 90 minutes of straight answers to all your burning questions about lead generation, customer acquisition, mass media branding, how to get off the paper crack treadmill, anything you want. And the only coin required is candor because we can't give no bullshit advice without basing it off no BS data on your company, competitive landscape, operations, and all that jazz. We send you a pre-Zoom questionnaire. You fill it out candidly and boom, Bob's your uncle, you're in like Flynn, and we'll be frank as fuck in giving you the straight scoop on all the advertising and business growth questions you always wanted to know, but were too afraid to ask. You'll also get our no pitching and no bitching guarantee. No pitching means we won't pitch you or try to sell you in any way. If you want more after 90 minutes, you'll have to ask. And no bitching means if you don't think the meeting was worth your 90 minutes, we'll send you a hundred bucks. Consider it us picking up the tab for lunch and putting our money where our mouth is. Sound like a not-so-full-of-shit offer? Well, that is what we're known for. Take us up on it at empirebuildersprogram.com. Let's pick up our story where we left off, and trust me, you haven't missed a thing. I think you have to do what Phil did and prove that you got something that people want. That's like the spring-free trampoline, right? There was all these Mm -hmm. things that they did even before bringing the product to prove it out. Now... The other thing is you have to be realistic about what the beginning years are like. And it's amazing with how many of these empires that we look back at, there's those first bunch of years are hard and the numbers are small. You've just got to push it. Intel, what was its first year? It was like 1700 bucks that they made. And that's just the reality of the beginning years. Here's the other thing that's beautiful about the book Shoe Dog. It is really well written. It's an enjoyable read. I actually had a hard time putting it down. But the thing that's cool is Phil Knight looked at another industry, auto industry, Japan, said, holy smokes, that can work for shoes. 
The other thing that they figured out was at a certain point, they had to be in the driver's seat. It had to be their brand where they were dealing directly with the consumer. They couldn't just get to where they wanted to go and do what they wanted to do and find that vision that they had by being a distributor of somebody else's product. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Please share us, subscribe on your favorite podcast app, and leave us a big, fat, juicy five-star rating and review. And if you have any questions about this or any other podcast episode, email to questions at the Empire Builders Podcast. Dot com.